Hey guys, welcome back to Bold and Beautiful Movie Talks, the podcast where Andrew and I talk about movies in neither a bold nor beautiful fashion. No special guest this week, but we have a special movie. The most relevant movie right now, which is uh, by design. We finally are uh, covering a, a movie that's the talk of the town in the yeah. moment. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't really done a movie that's been that popular. Yeah, not, at least not in the moment. It's like three weeks after. Yeah. Anyways, Andrew, tell us what uh, movie we are teasing. Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. All right, so let's go right into it. So, Andrew, send us into that music of intros. Ha, 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 ha. All right, so real quick, the uh, synopsis. Um, the, the director kind of says it plainly and simply. He basically said it's just a character study of the Joker. So there's not much storyline. It's kind of just a uh, an origin story and kind of developing on how Joker becomes the way he is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Arthur. He's Arthur Fleck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he wants to be a stand-up comic, and the world's just kind of against him this whole time. Yeah. So you kind of yeah, like you said, you see how he becomes the Joker. Yeah. Versus him already being Joker in like the Dark Knight series. Right, because we've never. I mean, we've we've known like I guess just knowledge wise that you know he's supposed to fall into this tank of like battery acid and then he walk come he comes out of it with green hair and you know it's just like that's like as much origin that we've usually gotten. Yeah, that happened on Suicide Squad too with Jared Leto. But he was already like makeup up and stuff. Oh no, that's different. He was putting um, Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Different. After that, she was all crazy. Um, Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> looks atrocious. Looks interesting. Looks dumb. Gosh, it's horrible. We'll get it's into that. Another interesting characters. Um. Well, it's, I yeah. think she's interesting. But yeah, she's, she can't have a standalone film. It's not a that that actually okay, gonna get annoying Jeremy, real quick. Jeremy. All right. Um. Joker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, quick. Yeah. So that was quick synopsis and. Yeah, so he's a stand-up comedian guy, and um, all right. Well, what were your opinions moving on or before had, seeing it? I had very, very high expectations of it because I've heard a lot of people saying, "Go see this movie. This is yeah. a great movie." Well, you it know, came out like a week ago. Yeah, it's super dark. Uh, October fourth. Yeah, super dark, and which is a week ago, right? What's today? The ninth. So it came out on Friday. Well, then less than a week ago. Yeah, so I've heard a lot of good feedback, and I've actually had people tell me, you should review this movie, because yeah. it's really good. Um, Those of you who are doing so, can you do it on Instagram? So that way... Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want us to review it, go ahead and comment on right, our Instagram. Right, or else we'll never do it. Because <laughs> yeah, I get a lot more feedback on my personal page hmm. right now, but I think I should make sure that they can comment on our Instagram, so... But yeah, it's, I had really high expectations. I feel like it met that those expectations. There was great shots, really great music. Walking Phoenix did a so creepy, the creepiest laugh of all the Jokers. I feel. Or at well, least, Keith Ledger never really laughed. He didn't laugh. Yeah, he kind of did like a who. I think he, maybe Mark uh, Hamill uh, on oh, the. Oh, oh, oh yeah, he kind of to did like, like mock a, it, like he mocked laughing. Oh, he, someone was telling me that he's more of like a more like a minute menace kind of like yeah joker versus this joker is more theatrical totally more um innocent 
but that's because you're seeing his his, yeah, his origin point. story. Yeah, I thought it was great, and I had high expectations, and it was definitely more, like, a lot more dark than I thought it would be. I I, I had I had a I had a feeling like it was gonna be dark, but it was darker than I thought it would be, for me at least. Yeah, no, I mean there were some surprising things. I was like, wow, I took it here, you know. It's taken um, it, it. He's taken it, it, and it's crazy because the director hasn't done anything dark, really. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I mean, yeah, I was still going into it. Um, my previous knowledge of it was okay. Well, I love Joaquin Phoenix, and over the last ten years, I've been paying attention to him because um, he's just been taking these weird, super artistic, very creepy roles, mostly indie films and then some bigger films. Um, so I kind of was like, okay, Joaquin Phoenix. He's like a perfect, like no-brainer um, casting choice for me. So once I saw the title and saw his name attached to it, I was like, okay, this is gonna be sick. Um, so I, yeah, I was stoked. And then uh, it met expectations, but it, it met them in in a, in a weird way, because the, the movie definitely wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. Um, what did you think it was? To be? I just thought I don't know. Um, this was it was I it was shot more beautifully than I thought it was going to be shot. Really, so good. it was very like there's a lot of eye candy shots for sure. A great. lot of close ups to show the motion. Um, a lot of things didn't make sense until some pivotal moments, which we'll cover. Um, yeah, the pacing was like it made sense, but it was kind of hard. It was hard to follow him emotionally because he was just going through these waves. It wasn't like he was normal and then slowly getting here. It was more like he would just have these waves of just random emotions. I was wondering what mental illnesses he did have. So I know depression. Depression was. It was kind of. I mean, it was kind of like a Tourette's kind of thing. I mean, which I, the laughing was the mental illness. Right. That he had. Yeah. Um, okay, so real quick, rating one out of ten. What would you give it? I give it a ten. And I would say it's one of my. I think it's easier for me to say it's, it's a great movie because remember I said Ad Estra yeah. it was really good and I was like and I was like oh I watched it again and I fell asleep it's yeah. oh, not that good I mean I always get hung up on the actors that do a really good job you know if the actors does a really good job and conveys the motion and the shots are great the music like the old school music was really good oh <sighs> But yeah. yeah, I give it a 10 out of 10, and that's because it hits the, the great shots. I had a lot of times where I was like framing the shot while I was watching the movie, which I tend to do that. I did that I did that a lot of times, and then I just stopped doing it because it started getting weird. Um, and then the music, which we can get into, we'll get into mm. the music later. There's a lot of interesting songs that are make the situations more funny. Yeah. Um, and, and just creepier. It's just super creepy, super, super creepy. And it kind of made you cringe, but then you, you're supposed to. And a lot of times yeah. I was like, no. I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do I act? No, I, uh, I felt myself like really just like, I don't want to watch this. Like, it's going to be so, like, you know, it's going to be super awkward. And, you know, like, because mm. there were those moments. It wasn't just creepy. It was just, um, I, was, I was telling a friend today that, like, by the end of the movie, you have just gone through a lot of emotions, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Because you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be kind of a little bit happy. Yeah, because, I mean, we love the Joker as a, you know, like the world loves the Joker. He's such a great villain. But the way that, um, it's this one is the most realistic. 
Someone said something about it, like it's either humanizes him or dehumanizes him, something like that. Well, yeah, well, well, well. Todd Phillips was saying he wanted to make this like the most realistic, like take on Joker by far, um, and be as true to. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, just the most like relatable Joker, that, you know, that, that there's been. It's because half the movie, like, you're spending half the time rooting for him to just have success in his ventures and the other half is like someone put a bullet in his head you know like I felt myself totally conflicted it was like I want him to succeed but now he's become this sick monster and like I want to see him like get blown up well, he goes you know? from like innocent maybe you want him to be like a hero or whatever and then he goes to you don't want to be a hero but like yeah you're right you want him to succeed and then at There's, times you're like, I don't know if I really want him to because he's, right. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely moments where, like, you feel for him. And that's that's not something that any other Joker has done. You know, it doesn't try and relate, you know. This one is like, you get sympathy for him. but 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 even then, I feel like you just know automatically what he's capable of. It's not until he discovers what he's capable of. You know, um, yeah. I mean, quickly, you know, or at least in the first like third of the movie, you're just like, give this guy a break. You know, like, oh, man, yeah. this guy has just... it rough, and he's he's going about it in a good way, but he's crazy, and like, you kind of just like. I just looked up. It said the 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 typical Joker suffers from schizophrenia, but I don't know. if I got that from yeah delusions schizophrenia okay um, but yeah man so what, what did you give it yeah, I give it like an 8.5 yeah just because I don't know what's a 10 for you because you know what's a 10 for me typically I think you could tell I don't I, know what's a 10 oh well this is a 10 right. and then yesterday I think I gave it like a 9 or a 10 yeah. that's because I like the whole romance and like the music See, I and I like, like the like Beatles eight. and I I just like the whole coming of age thing is great right people, well that was really coming of age thing. or not coming of age but like coming of success <laughs> well he he grew he when you like learn what to appreciate mm. and he's like in that movie he kind of learns like what he needs to appreciate and yeah that makes sense humble beginnings and stuff like that I like that yeah I mean rags of riches story right and then back to Rex <laughs> um I mean like I definitely want to see it again so, I feel like I'm going to appreciate it a lot more. Um, I think why it's an 8, at least right now or whatever, is that I was just wondering on how the heck it was going to end. I was like, where is this going? How crazy is it going to get? And then, how the heck, you know, are they going to finish this movie? So, I was more just like looking for an answer than like enjoying the film. Um, next time, we'll be like, okay, cool. And I can appreciate these scenes that I was trying to, you know, see through a filtered lens and try and predict what's happening in the future, you know. Um, so yeah. All right. So let's get into a uh, Joaquin. Man, did a great job. He did. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think. No, I think it's safe you, to say. Well, I think what you're saying, a lot of roles he was taking might have been to build up to this point. Of taking the role as Joker. He was asked that question. He was... Oh, he was? Oh, yeah. Jeremy watched a good amount of interviews. Yeah. Um, some some guy or some, some question leader guy was like, okay, so do you feel like 
everything in your career has been like leading you up to this role like is this like your dream role he's like like within two seconds he's like no oh it's not yeah and so mm-hmm. like it was just so for, like was well, something that the was answer. planned mm-hmm. it was basically then he says reflecting on it now and how much I miss the character maybe but then again like he's just excited for like the next role he's apparently he's very good at not taking character home like ever and like he's not missing a character so he's not ever. a method actor not at all oh, that's good he says he never even went to like acting school or had any training so I was like that's crazy um so yeah so he definitely doesn't feel like this is like his accessor of a role um and he doesn't do sequels either but he did say um that him and Todd Phillips are leaving a room sometime in the future for maybe um another Joker but not not in the the, the canon franchise it, it would be like cool, let's see Stanley what Arthur, Arthur Fleck is now not necessarily like now he's fighting Batman you know? oh yeah I was watching uh, on Looper on Snapchat and the guy was saying that they interviewed the director Todd Phillips and he was saying like would you ever have him meet Batman or right. something he was like no never he was like he doesn't want to do that because I guess he wants to do these films that are more standalone and I was re- reading the trivia and they want to do like set up a production company or productions for more standalone DC films that are hopefully just as good as this one I would love that I think this is the second one that has taken a I don't know a childhood kind of character and made it into a darker adult version because Logan I think was like the perfect like X-Men movie it was a perfect like you know those kind of Marvel movies and then the Dark Knight that whole trilogy was the perfection of like Batman and then we've had after after Heath Ledger was like, okay, hey, well that's he's the epitome of Joker. He set the standard high, right, like, for Joker. Which imagine I think everyone would have loved more Joker time. He had he had some he had some quality stage time or movie time, whatever screen time. But like, it's just he's just he was so captivating that you kind of just want to see his origin story, you know. Whereas this one is like, cool, let's, we have a whole movie to, of just like him being crazy and then trying to get to his mind, which is so tricky. Like, it was just so satisfying for me um, to kind of get this whole film that's dark and really plays to who the character should be in a realistic, you know, sense. Instead of like green hair, crazy, you know, smile that's a foot wide, like animated... It, yeah. You know, like, like Jared Leto's character in Suicide Squad. Yeah, it was just too much. And, and he's like the gangster. Joker. And but it even makes sense. It was just his take on it. Like Heath Ledger, he gave some like history of like I was you know my father abused my mom that kind of stuff and but even then we never even knew what like ticked him off. This was like this gradual. I get it. Like, you know, like it makes sense. I wonder if you need to have some type of trauma to do a role like this. Some type of messed up history, you know. Because I know, like, he's... His family was, like, homeless for a while or something. Mm-hmm. And his brother died, so he's gone through, like, a lot of stuff. Well, he's really close to his... I feel like an idiot talking about actors' personal lives. Um, Why? I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd like to leave that stuff to them. Oh, okay. You know? We don't need to talk about it. I was um, just saying that I think that might help convey his character. No, totally. And maybe 
it's something that might be easier for him because it's a dark role for someone who's seen darkness. Well, here's the thing. He's a great actor, and Todd Phillips was, was really kind of talking about that and how they were just really light and playful on set. And then I saw a movie, or I saw some some clip thing today of the guy who worked with Heath Ledger on the Joker. He was in he was in uh, some scenes with him, and he was saying that Heath Ledger, as soon as they yelled cut, he would go back to like some f- dumb story that he was telling like right before action was called. Like Heath Ledger would instantaneously tune in and out of Joker. He he was he was in this method. I'm gonna be Joker on set until I go home, and even then I'm gonna be Joker. Heath Ledger literally was like, action, cool, I'm Joker. Cut, okay, hey, what's up, guys, I'm Heath. So I thought that was crazy. I thought he was, like, full-time Joker, especially with that performance, especially since he got blamed, or at least the stigma is that um, the role killed him, right? But apparently he died during he was filming the next movie he was in, which was really weird, too. So it wasn't even Joker, it was the next movie. So I just heard that today, so I thought that was crazy. So as far as that goes, um, Joaquin says himself, which could be lying, of course, but like that he can leave characters where they need to be, and he's not going to have them impact his life at all. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't need to like take it home and then be attached to him and so or the use fact trauma. That, that his life, how his life was, might not have played into his acting. Cause it he's might. Like, you're saying that in his interview, he tries to separate the two, which right. is good. Totally. So, yeah. But I didn't mention the movies he's done. He's done Her, which is mm-hmm. on Netflix. I believe it's still on Netflix. Probably. Um, Gladiator, he was... Uh, Julius Caesar. Yeah, Julius Caesar, and he was Johnny Cash and Walk the Line. Oh, well. that was great. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. I saw that a while ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a great one. He's great in that. And I just love he takes these messed up roles, man. It's crazy. Who was the girl? Oh, Reese Witherspoon. I was wondering who his wife was. That was Reese Without Her Spoon. Yes. <laughs> Alright, well, other than Joaquin Phoenix, who's pretty well-known, you also have Robert De Niro. Who's, who's pretty well-known. He's well-known as well. You know, <laughs> Raging Bull, Taxi Jar, everything. Uh, he plays Murray, who's um, the, the talk, show, talk host show host. That um, that Joaquin Phoenix Murray watches Franklin, like every night. Which, there's another movie called The King of Comedy, right. and Robert De Niro is like he got the effort if he kidnaps or something he, I believe he kidnaps the talk show host and something like that um, which it kind of plays off of that guy as well the mom that um, Arthur Flex mother that he lives with and takes care of mm-hmm. Penny Fleck mm-hmm. she was in she was how, main thing I remember her from is How I Met Your Mother she's yeah. Barney's mom She's in Catwoman with uh, Halle Berry, Aviator with Leo, Six Souls, Six Feet Under, American Horror Story. Oh yeah, I think I don't, I've seen her a lot on American Horror Story. Hmm. Yeah, Murder she's House, <laughs> Traitor, Myrtle Snow, Myra O'Hare. Oh, she's the maid on American Horror Story. Yeah, and the 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 first I've seen the first season. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I knew I'd seen her before. Um, we have Domino from Deadpool. She's in this. She plays his love interest, girlfriend. Yeah, well, yeah, well, his neighbor. <laughs> we'll get to that later. And then Brett Cullen is a, a plays Thomas Wayne, mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne's dad, 
He's also in The Dark Knight Rises as a congressman. He's, oh, now I can see yeah. it. And he's in Ghost yeah. Rider as well with uh, Nicolas Cage. And then I guess an honorable mention is Glenn Flesher. He's in Barry. He plays a Goron? Goron, yeah. But the guy, the, the animated guy. He's also in True Detective, the first series. But that guy, I was like, he plays another um, clown because yeah. Arthur Fleck works for like a company where they have a ton of clowns and they send them out to the to clown do for hire. Clown for hire, yeah. yeah. And then this guy actually gives Arthur a gun, and it's funny he gives him a gun because he in Barry he runs the the Chechen gang, yeah, Chechen mafia, mafia. Um, but that's it. Yeah, that's it for like the. The Phoenix actors, actors, really, yeah. I mean, it's a, really, it's really Walking Phoenix. It's, I, I don't know if it, if you consider it a standalone because he's not the only one. It kind of is, yeah, because everything else contributes to him. But you don't really, I, you feel more from him, you know. Yeah, you don't feel for anyone else. I think, I think that's the thing is that the the movie doesn't want you to feel any emotions towards anyone else except like annoyance and anger. Right, it feels like, hey, this neighbor's going through a tough time. Then okay, now the the writers want us to feel something for this person, but the writers never really want us to feel anything for anyone except Joaquin. So it's really, it's really just him, you know. You're feeling for Joker. You're yeah. Feeling... It's crazy. All right, so let's do best scene. Um, I'll start because I know it on, on the top of my head. So there's a, a pivotal moment. For the movie and really for me, which is um, so again spoiler alert. So go see it and then listen to the podcast so you have been warned. Um, about halfway ish into the movie, we discover that um that Joaquin Phoenix is the son of Thomas Wayne. Or at least he thinks he is. Right, he thinks he is. Because his mom told him and he read the letter from his mom. Yeah, because his mom has been sending letters to Thomas Wayne and then she asked him to send or to mail the letter and then. She, she she goes to sleep one night and then he reads the letter that she wrote and then it says hey Arthur your son um, blah 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 needs your help you're like the last one and right so um, meanwhile Thomas Wayne is, is going for mayor so he's like big talk of the town everyone kind of hates him cause well okay well they'll complicate things it depends yeah okay so anyways um there's a moment where Arthur basically sneaks into his house during this banquet thing, um, and he confronts him, saying, hey, I'm your son, and he calls him dad, and it's just this really well-written scene of, like, this creepy guy, and then, you know, he says, hey, my mom is Penny Fleck, and he's like, oh my gosh, like, Wait, she's crazy, and... In the bathroom of a theater when they're watching charlie yeah yeah this is all in the this is all in the bathroom really cool he dresses up as a like a bellhop and everybody loved that in theaters because joker like likes to dress up as other people and like Mm -hmm. disguise and stuff like that and i I noticed that people comment on it anyways yeah yeah yeah, so then he ends up in the restroom and then he confronts him that was that was a really good scene yeah because then thomas wayne is like hey your mother's crazy and at this point like joaquin or arthur fleck doesn't really know what to believe because he just found out his mom has been holding this again, or this holding this secret from him for his whole life, and so now he has a dad all of a sudden, and now his dad is Thomas Wayne. Like he just has so much emotion. So then when he confronts him, and then uh, Thomas Wayne is like, like I'm not your your dad. Like, um, 
be like, your mom is crazy. She's delusional. And then he, that uh, Arthur has this, this breakdown, and then he's like, Dad, like we look, like we look the same. Like look at us. He's something like that. He's like, like look at us. We look so alike. Something like that. And then like they kind of do. So that was trippy. Um, they did, right? They did. So like it was just this crazy thing, and then. He got, and then Arthur has his laughter breakdown again, um, and then Thomas Wayne kind of gets freaked out, and he punches him in the face and stuff, and that was kind of the tipping point of, like, okay, either everyone's lying to me, or, like, it's just me, or whatever. So he, so from, after that, he's like, okay, let me take it to my own hands further, let me go look into this whole thing. Um, so I think that was such a big pivotal moment, because... After that, he's kind of on this, I can't trust anyone now. Meanwhile, his meds aren't coming in anymore because he was part of this... Uh, he was part of a um, like a state-funded program yeah. where he was getting a therapist that wasn't really listening to him or um, that wasn't really listening to him and that he was on like six different medications yeah. and he wanted to amp the medications because it's not working. And then that's why he starts writing comedy in the journal that she wants to give him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, since they cut his medication, he's a little bit more unstable. Right. Which would explain the delusions more. Yeah. Um, that he has more delusions later. Yeah. So you why you so you like this scene because it was just well written. It was well written. It was perfectly performed. It was just so emotional, and you kind of just you want Thomas Wynn to be like, "You're my son," just because you want. Arthur to, to finally like have a break and then it turns out not only are you crazy your mother's crazy your only friend in this world she's crazy and she's delusional like, don't say that yeah and then, and then he starts laughing because he his he has medical that breakdown, yeah his medical or his mental illness or is that he laughs when he's he laughs nervous like, he, no, he he's just laughs like uncontrollably around uncontrollably, but I think it happens it happens more if like he's like freaking out or something he'll start laughing or if he's nervous like when he did stand up comedy he was laughing he couldn't control it but that's because they cut off his meds yeah so he can't catch a break like he's off he's off his meds because they can't give him meds anymore well well no because the first scene was him laughing with his therapist and he was already on his his meds that was before they cut him off I thought he was laughing a little bit more well he was well yeah because he wasn't on anything right he was just already he already had that condition then. so then he starts laughing around the dad because he doesn't have the medication or because well, well he's just freaking he out he just does it yeah, he's just he having a breakdown and then the dad socks him in the face yeah this is because well Thomas Wayne not the dad but. Thomas Wayne yeah <laughs> Thomas Wayne socks him in the face and it's because and he said if you ever come touch my kid again I'll kill you because mm. he had his kids uh, Bruce Wayne and it's because Arthur went to their gates of their house to see him uh-huh. and, like, did this kind of weird... It was magic. Magic. A little for magic the kid. performance. He, yeah. yeah. He wanted the kid to open the doors. You know, right. Like, he was doing, like, a magic wand to open the doors. Yeah. And, like, Bruce Wayne was, like... Little Bruce Wayne's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then he gives him the flowers and then he gets Bruce Wayne's face and puts it up into a smile and yeah. he says that's better which is really creepy mm. and almost chokes out like the guard yeah so that happened I think the day before yeah something like that happened the day before he went he snuck into the theater when there was riots out your so, best scene I like the opening scene 
I know. Which I, part? I like the scene where um, he's in the mirror mm-hmm. and he's looking at himself. Yeah. It's just starting the movie off just like that. Like he's making himself smile and then he starts crying and then the paint drops. This is, I don't know. It was just really good. I think like the, I've had a lot. I've had a lot of scenes that I like, but I think that one's good. And there's the one other one was when he was going on to Murray's show and he's walking down the steps and they're playing the what is it called? They're playing a like it's like a football song. Yeah, well, it's not, well, it's like an anthem. But yeah, um, see, I like I was kind of. I didn't know what to think about the movie until like halfway because there were just so many things out of context. It wasn't until he starts doing crazy things and I was like, oh, okay, things before were just random things that didn't need context because he's just this this crazy guy. So like the opening scene when you see him smiling in the mirror, it's like, okay, well, he's happy but he's sad. We don't know why and it's kind of weird because that was in the trailer and so now it just looks like a trailer instead of the context there was a lot that was in the trailer that yeah was there was a lot of that I noticed that yeah that I wish now weren't but they were it was a great trailer like the whole thing so. where he goes tells Murray when you introduce me can you introduce me as Joker mm-hmm. if I would have saw that in the movie I would have been like yes in the trailer in the, well if I, if I saw it just in the movie oh. versus in the trailer and in the movie because it was in both it was in the trailer when he said introduce, yeah when he said introduce me as Joker it was in it was in like the trailer too or something oh, okay yeah so I like the, uh, the the second scene when he's going down the steps, going to go on the show, and he's just dancing and kind yeah. of like shaking his arms. Which you were telling me for Walking Phoenix, being how how big he was or he is now was he, and is yeah he lost what you said fifty two pounds fifty two pounds yeah. Which he he was I mean everyone's kind of like wow that must have been horrible he's like, kind of, he he just had these really weird answers and then he says well, once you hit your target weight, it's like the most like free feeling ever because you kind of just feel like unstoppable I was like well that's crazy but they really highlight his physique in this movie he's he's shirtless a lot yeah like the, there's a scene where he's like opening up his shoes yeah. his clown shoes and you can see like his whole his bones s- like his spine and yeah. all of his bones in his back and it's like and he's hunched over so you see it even more it's more prominent yeah I was wondering if the whole him not eating is because he doesn't like to eat or his mom. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think it's that. Yeah, well, I think it's, um, well, well, there was there were. Uh, he said he was looking into it, and he was he was researching like certain illnesses. He said he took there's this one case of a guy who he's kind of he had, I think he had skits, um, and he was kind of he used that as a strong reference. So Joaquin saw the video of this guy dressed the way he, Arthur dresses in the movie with like these sweaters and like shirts underneath um and then this was in like the 70s or something like that um and so then even the way he was talking to this therapist he said he took this clip and used it as a real strong reference for the joker um so yeah i mean there's just so many characteristics that are just crazy but he kind of breaks it down and you know he kind of goes into that but he was saying that um schizophrenia a lot of them um, tend to have like trouble eating and will just lose appetites. Mm. So he was saying that would make sense for Arthur's role since that was a reference for him. So, mm. 
Yeah, so everything he was doing just was a conscious decision that was very intentional. I mean, when you lose 52 pounds, you obviously know it's going to be intentional. It's not going to be this, you know, I'll lose a few pounds and, you know, I'll look fit or whatever. He really kind of looked into it, which is cool. And he's that kind of actor to really kind of dive into it, you know. Alright, let's go a uh, director, because it's pretty interesting. Yeah, so the director is... Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips, yeah. Todd Phillips directed Hangover, Hangover Two, Three, War Dogs with No uh, Jonah Hill and Miles Teller, uh, Hank uh, Starsky and Gosh. Hutch, Old School Road Trips. So all these like uh, they're all classic comedies. They're all comedies that were actually really good. You know, Old School. I mentioned Old School, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, he directed Old School and produces Old School with, like, Will Ferrell and that they all live in a frat house. So yeah. it's all f- funny films. I'm wondering what made him want to do something so serious, you know? I don't know. Well, he kind of spoke on, on behalf of, of there's such a stereotype of films in regarding their genres. So, like... Um, that typing is loud. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was looking up why he did Joker. Just to, I don't know if he knew that. Um, well, it, it was mostly like, apparently, so he has like a writing partner and he was kind of just going to, to the partner with different concepts and then he was kind of like, hey, here's a fun little concept and then they kind of just, they, they took the ball and then they just ran with it. And he said he, auto, he like automatically knew that Joaquin was his choice and Joaquin wasn't for it. Joaquin like turned it down a lot of times and then he finally let him kind of hold a meeting with him he was still saying no it wasn't until he like fully read like the script and stuff um he was like oh here's like a character because because you never expect Joaquin Phoenix to be in such a huge blockbuster like this you know or like a Marvel or like a superhero movie in general you know anything in that universe I don't think he would want to do that yeah right right so the fact that Joker was such a unique character, and it's a standalone film, so he doesn't have to sign a contract into you know more movies. That and was stuff. a big thing, yeah, because he doesn't want to be tied. And I think what I see is he also felt like they didn't really give a definitive portrayal of the character of Joker in the other movies. Like they mm-hmm. told showed Joker, but they never like, really truly showed their character. And then I think a lot of people that I've talked to that talking about Joker are saying his growth at into becoming or his downward spiral into becoming Joker right. and yeah. everybody you know everybody beat him up and him never catching a break and him trying to be funny but he's so creepy and then he has the his like laughing illness like mm-hmm. t- holding him back from, and making people think he's even more creepy yeah. so he's just this misunderstood guy. That can't catch a break, and he's just like, I'm over it. I'm gonna kill you, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, and then he starts a revolution with everybody else dressing up as Joker unintentionally. Unintentionally, <laughs> um, starts a revolution with, or not a revolution, but I guess it's a well, basically, yeah. And everybody's like Joker, and then they want to go after the the higher power who's right. taking them down, which is like which, society, which could like the rich, it, and... which could make it a little political. Which also might. Well, they be were very political. It was pretty straightforward. They were like, the rich hate the poor. The poor is oppressed. Let's kill the rich. Like that's that was that's not even like being. Probably relevant dramatic. to how things are now, but. 
Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't. It didn't. I mean, sure. <laughs> it's just one of those things. You either choose to dive into it or like, oh, whatever. It's a plot. Did, did you think he told the? He helped. How do you think the director did? I don't. He said he was like the main job of a director, and, and what I kind of do is that um, it, it's it's to set the tone of a movie. So he was saying with Joaquin, we just had a blast in the tone because before we shot each scene, it would be okay, like, like it would just be everyone or just him and Joaquin in his trailer figuring out, okay, so for this scene, how should we do it? And then then the next day, they would change it and then they would change it again, and they were just having so much fun playing with all these things. So, like. He's experimenting with him, right? Which, which is good because that can lead to something beautiful, well, like this you film. Tend, yeah, I mean, most movies tend to have a lot of improv. Most great movies tend to have improv, and you know, which is a result of a of an actor feeling like, okay, I am the character now. The character would do this mm-hmm. instead of like, let me just say what's written, mm-hmm. you know. So like, okay, that was great. Okay. Sorry. And it was good writing. He wrote with um, Scott Silver, mm-hmm. which Scott also did uh, The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg and um, what's his name? Who? Mark oh, uh, Wahlberg and Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Mm-hmm. And they're brothers in that one, so they they co-wrote it. So he also wrote it. So in order to direct something well, I think the writing, like you said, has a big play in that you know and and that's what's got or that's what got Walking Phoenix on board was the writing you know purely um yeah music he just had I just want to say I think cool. he just did a good job of like conveying helping I guess working with Joaquin to make him so vulnerable and, you know alright so music so um Hilder, I cannot pronounce her last name. It's like Guano Dotir, something like that. I don't know where she's from. But it's a, it is a she, and um, she does a fantastic job. So a real fun fact about this is that um, mm-hmm. Todd Phillips asked her to write music um, before the screenplay. So he says, hey, I'm going to write this thing for Joker. Here's... No. Sorry. Before the script. So he had a screenplay... He said, here's the screenplay. I want you to write music before we even do the script, which is almost never the case. So usually music is, nowadays music is done either at the earliest during the process, but still like super popular is after the movie's even done. Um, But this is like the only case I've ever heard of where actually music was done before the movie. So um, Todd Phillips was playing some of those tracks that you hear in the movie um, for Joaquin as he was acting so that opening sequence as you said when he in the mirror he said that he was playing that music there for Joaquin so he could interact with these you know making himself smile all that kind of weird stuff so I thought that was dope um, the fact the music... that she made it before the movie all of it or you're saying like... no they're just snippets he just asked her to write some pieces of music um, and then he was able to use that for inspiration for the actors and stuff hmm like on screen, music can really help convey that emotion. Really well, yeah. get you get you in the in the zone, you know. Yeah, L from Stranger Things. Um, she said that the director was playing music for her when she had some like creepy, uh, some like creepy scenes. Mm-hmm. So like, it definitely like sets the tone for a lot of that stuff. Um, oh, and the 
the, the person you're talking about she's from Iceland oh, okay Iceland. she's Icelandic mm-hmm. um, so yeah so props to her she did great now there are technically third themes they're just not melodic so like you can hear something oh I've heard that before but it's like you can't really hum it it's a lot of popular music in there oh yeah well, I mean, I'm just saying if you... not Yeah, the, yeah. A lot I mean, of popular songs. Right, yeah. It's mm-hmm. not original music. The original music was, every time, was mostly um, just like orchestra. Like deep cellos, eerie, low chill, cellos and stuff. It was that just, was cellos, like the organ. That was cellos. Yeah, it was very like... It was just it was straight up like orchestra um, for all of like the creepy scenes. And then they used... Uh, Frank Sinatra was a huge... That's uh, life... Yeah, that's life. The song was like, was like, um, a big like music theme in the whole movie, because it had stood for things and the lyrics made a lot of sense. There's that that line that says, "Some people get their kicks stomping on a dream," and that's basically like what's been happening to Arthur. And then he he repeats that later, and then in the movie, and kind of he sees that it's ironic and stuff. Um, but yeah, so music was really fun. It was very like, hey, we want you to hear this, and it's going to set the tone. So like, Well, it was, was mirroring really cool. him. It was mirroring, like, Joker. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, like, the, the, I was looking at the lyrics for That's Life with Frank Sinatra and yeah. saying, you know, you're trying to be positive, but it's life. Yeah. You know, and... <laughs> yeah, no, musically it was great. I was very, I was very happy with it. They had the song Send In The Clowns. I yeah, looking, I, I didn't know that was the song. Stephen Sondheim uh, wrote it, and okay. then Frank Sinatra performed it. Uh, but that the composer also did Arrival and Sicario and the Re- the Revenant with Leo. She worked at the music department for those ones. That's amazing. Cause those are good movies. Arrival, well, Arrival had great with, music with uh, Jeremy Renner. Arrival's music stole my Sicar- heart. Sicario, The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow, yeah, those movies are great. Well, those are more like soundscapes. They're not even songs. But like they're great. See, that's awesome. Chernobyl. That. Oh, okay. Wow, she's got a good rap. She does. So you were saying it was more. It wasn't themed, or was it themed? It was themed. It just wasn't melodic. Meaning. Meaning it's hard to hum the tune. Okay. It's not catchy. But, but you the, can. The only you can parts like, that were catchy were the songs that were played. Yeah, because they're songs. But like, um, yeah, I mean, I, but again. But what I love about it is that it's kind of one of those movies where if you hear, like, a clip from it, like, you will be able to be like, oh, that's probably Joker. Because they are, they do stand out. They are, you know, out there kind of dark cellos, not just, like, setting a tone, but they're really, they have a bunch of emotion in them. You know what it was? It made me think of Game of Thrones, the music. You didn't, so you didn't really watch Game of Thrones. I've only watched, like, an episode Like, the ending or whatever. Yeah. Um... It made me think of Game of Thrones, just all the music, how intense the um, cellos and everything was. It was very Game of Thrones-like, on like the dark and eerie scenes, which there's a lot of those in Game of Thrones. That's what it made me think of. Gotcha. And just the songs, and how the songs played into making it more funny at times. When he played yeah, because yeah, cause there, was, there was a part where he was like really creepy to the Frank Sinatra song, and he was, I forgot what he was doing. But he was just being crazy creepy. Whereas usually his creepy scenes were that orchestra, that deep cello. So when they switched it up, it was like, oh, he's creepy, but now it's too, like, that's life. You know, the whole riot scene towards the end, 
that's all too that's life and that kind of stuff um so yeah i mean they really played with music a lot which mm-hmm. is really cool so as far as music i think I'm, that's pretty See, good for you them. liked it but you, like you thought it was really great or you thought music it, it wasn't like over the no, top I loved for it. you okay. yeah i loved it it's um, like no hom zimmer but it was still it right. was still like you would give like a what would you give the music out of 10 Or if you had to give it like a letter, a, uh, like a letter, make greater me or something. I'm not a big fan of playing popular songs in movies, oh, especially really? okay. in like big movies. Like, I think that's why Suicide Squad was horrible because they a lot of they play these songs. huge, like they play the Creedence like song and like just these like okay, we've established that these are great songs for movies. Don't they're use o- it again. They're overplayed. Totally, like five of their songs. But I don't, Suicide I don't think Squad they played too many big songs here. I think there's a no, couple of them, just but they repeat, life. they repeat them. That one, they See, I was even a fan of that. I forgot. I don't know if you, if you found the name of that song, but it was that anthem one. The bum, bum, bum. I can't. I played it for band, and I can't remember. <laughs> so that one, that was that was even too popular for me. I was like, oh, I feel like they could have picked a better song for that. But you liked it, and that's, that's all that matters. So, yeah, I, I definitely... Oh, it's the Hay song. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So it kind of worked. I just wish it was a different song. So I guess that's why it's an eight. Oh, because the music. Oh, so the music. Was I'm saying the music was like an eight point five. Oh, okay. Eight point five. Cool. All right. You want to go the go over the ending? Yeah. Um, the ending. Yeah. So we'll go over the ending. Um. So. I guess that the controversial things is what was a delusion and what was not. So this whole time you think he has this girlfriend, which is Domino from Deadpool. Yeah. And then you learn towards the end that she's all been a delusion since he hasn't been taking his medication. Well, not all. She met him. She's in there the, in the elevator. Which I went to the restroom. She knew his only name once this time. Mm-hmm. During that time. Yeah. And you looked at your watch and you. Um, she did meet him, but they didn't really develop a relationship. Right. So no. this whole movie, yeah. he's been having the delusion of her being there part of me is like why would she stay with him this dude's freaking crazy I know know. he's crazy like why is she staying with him I mean maybe she does love him and sees like the kind soul that is deep in there right or that he's trying to be in his innocence and she was even there when he went to the the stand up that's what made him feel comfortable so maybe it's something he was envisioning to make him feel more comfortable yeah maybe so yeah that was weird that was like this but that was fun though it was fun it was like this wow that was even real that's he's even crazier than I thought like I, I thought it was there's I a lot was of a plot choice in there you yeah know, where you think that he's Thomas Wayne's son and then you find out that actually he's adopted and his mm-hmm. mom let him get beat by one of her ex-boyfriends yeah. and the mom gets committed to Arkham right. he doesn't even know that till he steals the files from Arkham yeah uh, from Arkham and then, so yeah, he gets invited onto Murray's show because Murray saw a video. Someone recorded him at the comedy house and how bad he was because he had the life, laughing condition and he's just very, like, weird. Yeah. He's like, oh, my mom told me that, what did he say? I, I forgot what this chick was. He said something about his mom. Something and about school. He started mimicking his mom's voice and just so creepy and yeah, weird. Yeah, but, but it's genuine to him because he doesn't think it's weird. He, right. He, he's just like a, he's like a normal guy but it's just he comes off really creepy and then he'll laugh just to top it off 
so murray invites him to a show to make fun of him basically and he dresses up which my old co-worker said he dresses up and his makeup looks very much like the crow like how his mm-hmm. makeup looks up on joker and he shows up there and he didn't you think it was great when he was practicing to go on the show yeah that was cool. before he went on the show he started practicing to go on the yeah, show yeah he's picked up the curtain and he's watching an old video and he's mimicking what he did yeah and then he sits down he says hey murray blah, blah, blah makes a joke and then he points a gun at his neck and you're like oh crap is he gonna do that yeah. on the show that's what i thought so that i was gonna a- ask you why didn't he shoot himself why did he shoot murray which is robert green de niro and he didn't shoot himself maybe he saw that he's not the not the one to blame oh yeah yeah that's good <laughs> yeah i was gonna come up with something that's not that good oh yeah no that makes sense because i, for, I forgot what he says he's he says something he says something like that to someone um where he was saying like i thought no, no well i guess it was murray how like i thought i was the problem or whatever but like everyone's mean you guys are monsters you guys are this. it's getting crazy out there yeah and and somebody else said that too to him oh his therapist i think said yeah it's getting crazy out yeah there. but yeah yeah um yeah that was crazy that was weird um that's that, that's a good insight yeah okay so so he's he's at the talk show and then what i didn't expect at all is that you know he blows the brains out of poor robert de niro yeah who was just making people laugh robert de niro brought him wrong place wrong time well i i feel like other people like he had it coming front to him because because robert de niro was gonna make fun of him and it's not a all right well well, he, he really was Walking or Arthur knew he was gonna make fun of him, yeah. And then he started making fun of him. He was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, all right, that's funny to you." And then he kind of starts. And he goes, "He knock, confesses knock, the murder because his joke was supposed to be knock knock and then shoot himself, right? But then he did knock knock and shot Robert De Niro. Yeah. So his yeah, you said his joke. What are we saying? Like, um, so during during that that combo at the, uh, well, yeah, on the show, he confessed to to the murder that he did. Um, maybe like halfway into the movie, yeah. Um, the, the which started this revolution. Yeah, it started the revolution because he's dressed. He was a clown because he was getting off of work and he was getting after he got fired. He was getting beat up by after he got fired mm. because they thought he stole the sign that he got beat up for trying to get back. Yeah, he got jumped. He got jumped, yeah. and that's why his fellow clown guy gave him a gun, and then the gun fell at the hospital when he was entertaining the kids at the hospital which right. I thought was really interesting because he played it off right in in that scene as the clown that it was like a prop and yeah. he was like shh don't say yeah. anything and then he got fired after that so after that when he's in the train and he's like defeated there's these guys who work for Wayne Enterprises uh, that are gonna beat him up because he's laughing and they don't know why he's laughing well they're from Wayne? I think they work for Wayne oh, if I remember correctly yeah. I catch that. and it was on the news and he was like oh yeah they're I don't know them personally but they work for me but they're oh, they're kind of douches that's right so okay, that makes sense. he was laughing and then what he does and they're like beating up on the ground again and he's getting beat up and then he shoots them yeah and then he one's taken off and he catches them and he shoots them and, was just... and just the fact at the end when he kills Robert De Niro and he shoots him multiple times yeah and he looks in the camera and he goes that's life. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's like life, that's right? life, and that's then, he, life. then he gets cut off. Yeah, um, 
I didn't. So why didn't he kill himself? I thought it's because he saw that he wasn't the innocent one. It's them, right? Right. And he finally saw that because he was going to kill himself to be an example, but that wasn't going to do anything. Mm -hmm. So then after that, he gets taken away, and there's chaos in the streets, and then some of the he gets free because a rioter crashes into the police car that's being escorted with the ambulance. Was police? Oh yeah, yeah. They use the ambulance car to crash in that they stole to crash into the cop car, and they let him out. And then before that, someone, one of the Joker mass people killed Bruce Wayne's parents. Yeah, that was weird. That wasn't even necessary. I thought that was kind of this weird little, hey, let's just make a little, uh... I mean, maybe they're gonna have him in the movie, like, like, if they do another Joker movie, maybe they will have Bruce Wayne in there, but not, not as like a... Batman? Kind of like a side thing, just so that it's there. Yeah. I don't think they really needed to do that. I don't think they needed to kill... Yeah, Honestly. it wasn't even necessary because it wasn't pivotal. Yeah. No one. I wonder knew why about he it. did that. But yeah, he he ended up had someone kill them, and you you or somebody else that we went to the movie with said that they thought that Joker would kill them, right? Your, yeah, your I was brother. Brian, I think yeah. Which I didn't understand that. Really. Well, well, I mean, it's just kind of like if you're gonna have them die, you might as well have them die by Joker's hands, you know? Yeah, but then instead of some random, you know. But then he's gonna know that it's Joker's doing because the mask. Well, that would be a good incentive for him to be Batman. Yeah, for later. So we'll see what happens for later. But yeah, that the ending was really interesting. It didn't go how I thought it would. I think this movie spoke a lot on mental illness, which I heard a lot of people talk about. Yeah, were telling me like, oh, like it kind of brings awareness to that, which is I guess a popular thing right now. Yeah. Did you want to? You didn't really. Yeah. Okay. So so Walking Phoenix was also asked that question about the outrage and how what's his take on the whole Joker the whole Joker movie should never have been made that's a big thing that like a percentage of people um are arguing and so Joaquin Phoenix was like okay well um and and he said as he said um I'll tell you after like once the cameras go off I'll tell you I'll break I'll break down all my research and stuff um and then the guy kind of gets it out of him and so basically he was thinking, well, all the research I've done, basically it's not movies. It's not video games. The thing that makes violent people more violent is the news coverage of it. Mm. Because now they see, oh, because I mean, whenever people have all these big murders, they tend to want attention, right? They want their name to be known. So the news coverage is a perfect outlet for that. It says, hey, this is bringing awareness. That's why the whole like... The whole Joker or the 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 death threats at the premiere, remember? Yeah, like we there, didn't... there are all these death uh, death threats. And I mean, stuff. we went Tuesday more so because it was cheaper and it worked for a busy schedule. Yeah, but part of me didn't want to go opening weekend, mm-hmm. which I was talking to uh, a family member of mine, and they were saying that's kind of that kind of sucks for the person that like for Walking Phoenix because he's making money off of this and they're making money off this film. So if people if there's threats and that like that's their money for them to have like that's their well-being that we're taking away from well no because they set all these huge box office records <laughs> they actually did set box yeah. office records but I w- that was before I looked. I saw that you know they did really well for the opening I saw even people like dressed up with masks and stuff taking pictures and stuff so it's like a big film I don't know yeah, well, phenomenon you know whatever could be um, but I mean that's just my stance on it is that when you give violent people the opportunity to be famous it's not really a good thing compared mm-hmm. to like hey this movie is making 
people violent. If it is, then we would have known by now, and we haven't. It's just when news coverage is things, that's an opportunity for people to like, oh, I'm gonna get my name out there, whatever you know. Um, so well, I did. Yeah. I did think that it was nice that they did touch on like how some people are not noticing. People don't really know every, everything happening. Like they don't know your story. They don't know where you come from. Right. So it's good to be aware of where they're coming from and if they have a background of mental illness. So I think that was interesting, but I, I like what you said too. Okay, so quickly, um, my last kind of comment is that uh, Todd Phillips in some little clip I saw on YouTube, he was saying that the only time that Joker genuinely laughs, aside from his condition, is the last scene when he's talking to his new therapist at Arkham. Um, and then he starts laughing like, like out of control as he usually does. I, I wasn't sure if he was it was a real laugh or not, but then I well, kind he, well, of, he, I kind no, of had a feeling did. that he he it was a real laugh. Yeah. Every time he does the condition laugh, he kind of chokes. He chokes so on he his was, own spit because yeah, so he's he trying to stop it. So then um, she goes, "What's so funny?" And then he laughs, genuinely laughs, and he huh. says, "You wouldn't get it." I thought that was such a great line. Um, but yeah, so that was the only time in the whole movie he genuinely laughs. Every other time he laughs, it's out of um, his condition or whatever. So that that was, but but that was what Todd Phillips says. Is the, he only laughs generally one moment, and that's like the last scene. So I thought that was a fun little kind of thing. I was watching an interview. I don't know if it's on Loop. I think on Snapchat or something. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about that, and they're kind of leaving that open ended, like, like kind of like has this movie been a whole joke oh right like is this guy really joker see but that's that's, also... that's too much for me yeah. but i think i think the thing is it's like you won't get it as in they're not going to understand him because they haven't they don't they're never going to understand him right and that that's kind of what i got at that so when she he says you won't get the joke he was singing the song too huh that's life yeah he was singing the that lyrics, when he was yeah. singing that when he was there mm-hmm. he's like you're not going to get it like you're not going to understand what i've done Maybe he doesn't really understand what he did. I don't know. Yeah, that was a dumb perspective. I mean, but what's cool is that there are definitely a lot of perspectives on that. So the controversy is how much was reality, how much was not. Yes. Let's say he was Arkham the whole time and this whole movie was the thing. But that's just too dumb of a theory. Was he he having these... Was everything an illusion? Yeah, which would just be tragic. That would be a horrible movie if that was the case. But he did say he will release the truths that the later. writers believe later right now he's saying everyone has their opinions and that's the way we designed it to be it's perfect because it open-ended. keeps everybody on edge and everybody totally. loves it they're like i don't know like what does this mean and exactly. it's kind of like game of thrones theories like when people have to figure out like what's gonna uh, happen for game of thrones and like trying to look into it and like study it more and you're like look really looking into it and that keeps people plugged in you know with joker so, but yeah, like for the future films, he said, I think they do want to do more. And I'm sure if they want to do another Joker one, but he was saying no Batman. It's going to be right. standalone. And then Walking Phoenix, which I mentioned to other people. I don't know if we said this already, but Walking Phoenix did decided to do this one because it's not connected to the other yeah. DC movies. Mm-hmm. So maybe Walking Phoenix would do another one. And we kind of learn more about Joker's Joker, but what I don't know if we really to need to learn more about Joker. Do we really need to? Do we need to? I mean, we, we don't need want anything. To, but I mean, like, what else is there to tell about Joker other than his story and how he comes about being? Joker? Well, it's it's well, he's not well, he's not even necessarily Joker. 
It was more like he's still Arthur Fleck in Arkham. Until he wakes up on the cop car and takes the blood from when he oh, yeah. from the car crash yeah. and puts a smile and that everybody's around him causing chaos and he's like starts putting his arms out. Right. Like getting his applause or whatever. Getting his applause from the Well audience. Well, there was something that they had a lot of fun on set thinking about what happens in the sequel. So they were already imagining a sequel. Okay. And then so they were saying like it's not even about Joker or Batman, it's just about what what happens to Arthur next. Arthur isn't left in the position like, oh, look, there's Batman, you know, my arch nemesis. You know, it's more like, hey, I'm still Arthur. I'm in an asylum. I'm still just as misunderstood. I'm just crazier now, you know, so he's even more unstable now. So I think I think they can release another one. I think it'd be great just because I'd love to see him, you know, further this character even more. That'd be awesome. All right, you good? I'm good, man. Brilliant film. Uh, I really liked it. Good shots. Good uh, acting, directing, all around. Uh, don't watch it with kids. It's definitely not a movie to watch with kids. Mm-hmm. I, I think your mom wanted to watch it with your brothers. I was like, that probably not a good idea. Yeah, probably not. Um, um, but yeah, you think you think it's more of a theater movie? It's definitely a theater totally. Movie. They're just the shots are so beautiful. You got to appreciate it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would see it again. Yeah, um, I really want to. I'll probably see it next Tuesday with Taylor. I see what she thinks. Yeah, well, more just Which, for me. But you notice, I'm gonna watch it again too. Um, all right, so follow us on uh, Instagram, Bold Beautiful Movie Talks. Um, there's a link in our bio for all of our new episodes. When you click that link, that has the options to watch it on different platforms. So we're not gonna post each link in the bio but just click the one link in our bio and that'll lead you to other options yeah, the, on the platform the anchor app link will lead to the other ones yeah which is cool if you so, click like it says more ways to watch or something like that or listen yeah more ways to listen but yeah like comment let us know what you think about the movie uh, we're gonna be posting it up soon we were gonna wait on it but it's just too relevant now to not have it up it's too hot right too, now it's too hot fire hot 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 fire so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah so like comment tell Subscribe. us what you think watch it um, hit that red bell yeah do whatever you need to do to see this movie <laughs> yeah and then come listen to it and then uh, see if you can catch some of the things that we caught that maybe I mean you didn't. can always watch it at the beginning of our podcast but yeah, yeah, but you don't want to spoil everything. Well, we don't we don't spoil it at the beginning. I'm just saying they can listen uh, to like what we rate it until we beginning. warn you. Yeah. But at this point, they already watch listen to the whole podcast, and you probably watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, so I know some people that listen to our podcast have then watched the movie. Really? So I mean, it kind of spoils it, but right. I think some sorry people guys, didn't... go watch no, the movie first. No, it's it's good because then they want they actually want to watch the movie. Or I tell oh, okay. them the movie was brilliant, blah blah blah. They're like, okay, well I'm watching it. Because they trust us. For now. For now. Alright. Hit him with the woe. Ta-ta for now. Ta-ta for now.